Hello everyone, welcome to Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And this is Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. And on Odd Trilogies, we take a trio of films, whether timed by numerical order, cast and crew, thematic elements, talk about each film and go through the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding them. No, you're not crazy. After last week, we were like, you know what? No need for a cold open this time. Let's no go need for right a, into yeah, it. Yeah, no need for a cold open because we're warmed up already. Yeah, this is this is like what Andy said is a double header. This yeah, is basically, this is kind of our our the two in our one two punch of yeah. of Rocky episodes. Yeah, because last week we talked about four through six of the Rocky franchise, talking about the quote unquote end of yeah. Rocky Balboa. Now we are talking about the resurgence of Rocky in a different way, which yeah. is in a unique. And honestly, by the third film, their own their own story that is uh-huh. entirely their own personality and their own popularity, and that is the Creed trilogy. Yeah, the we, uh, Michael B. Jordan led kind of revival of yeah, the Rocky franchise, which is uh, 2015's Creed, 2018's Creed Two, and if you are not one of the people that saw it last weekend, 2023's Creed Three, and. It's fascinating to think about the fact that Creed 1 comes out, I believe, a month before another big franchise. I would argue an even bigger franchise pretty much does the soft reboot sequel, which is The Force Awakens. Right. So it's the fact that like Creed is doing is pretty much in the same boat as Force Awakens in terms yeah. of it is doing a sequel to the Rocky films without being a Rocky sequel. Right. And so arguably what you get out of that is... This very interesting mix of classic Rocky tropes that everyone knows and loves or is probably somewhat well aware of mm-hmm. mixed with a new love and appreciation kind of retroactively bringing it into a fresher take with a new character. Yeah. Which is, in case you listened to our last episode, is basically taking <laughs> the death of Apollo from Rocky Four <laughs> and giving it agency through an illegitimate son from Apollo yeah. named Adonis Creed. <laughs> right. Which he deserves that name. Michael B. Jordan is truly an Adonis Creed in <laughs> these three films all the way through. Yes, absolutely. And um yeah, I I kind of remember when this when the first film was announced and like we talked about last episode, I was not super up to snuff on my my Rocky lore. I knew yeah. who Apollo Creed was. I was like are we doing? Are we like doing a, a retro prequel about young Creed? And then I think realize... that was the initial assumption mm-hmm. from the film, like right. when it was announced, because I think it was initially announced as just Creed. Yeah, and it was uh, Ryan Coogler attached with many people know now as the director of Black Panther one and two. Right, but at the time was mainly known for an indie drama hit, Fruitvale Station, right. also starring Michael B. Jordan. So to go from that type of film to a Rocky-esque picture was very, I mean, not unheard of, especially with, like, you know, when it comes to up-and-coming directors. But to basically make a seventh film in the Rocky universe but just focus on a character we've never heard about. This is entirely original. There was never... I mean, it's actually in the Rocky franchise, it is canon that there are two Apollo Creed kids. Correct. They're yeah, kids yeah, yeah. because they are actually addressed. They they are never really addressed in this film until the third <laughs> film. Right. When and it's like when it's addressed, it's like, oh, that's right. Apollo did have kids. <laughs> yeah. In the Rocky it's, films. Yeah. I mean, it, it totally makes sense why they're not in any of these. But yeah, oh, it's yeah. kind of a jarring 
realization three movies in that like oh yeah none of like none of creed's other children have had any part in this story which even since the original rocky do you think and this is something that we don't both know in this regard i mean unless you do and you're keeping it a secret from me i know everything i bet you do and you're very humble about it too but do you think there was probably early drafts where they tried to tie in kind of a you know a situation there could even been a sequel there's definitely i think it's a weaker sequel but i could see a creed film where it's one of apollo creed's "Quote unquote legitimate kids going up against Adonis, oh. trying to prove that he's a better Creed or something <laughs> prove like that. that. He's a real Creed. Because I think it's either Creed had two sons or a boy and a girl. I can't yeah. remember. I only remember. I swear to God, I only remember seeing the kids in Rocky Two. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> That's like really... the only film I remember seeing like Creed with kids and yeah. being like, "Wait, Creed's a dad." Okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess how, that makes sense. I don't even remember how old do they look and. That movie in Rocky Two, they look like they're if anything like ten, eleven at least. Okay, so like, but by that logic, they would be probably maybe 40s, maybe way 50s. too old for Adonis to be fighting based on when they have him. So born. what you're saying is Adonis would have killed him, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Adonis, and then he is the real Creed. Adonis, you can't fight your brother; you'd kill him. Yeah, it's his decision to make. <laughs> if he dies, he, he dies. dies. You sound like Ivan. <laughs> uh, but, oh my gosh. What is there to say about Creed that I think any Rocky fan hasn't already heard? But if you haven't seen all three of the films out there or you haven't rewatched it and you're listening to this podcast, totally fine. The best part about the first Creed is that it's pretty straightforward in terms of its story. Yeah. It's very memorable. But the thing that I caught caught me off guard watching it this time, and I think... You're a little bit less than I am in terms of liking it, but you still think it's a phenomenal film. I love this film. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is probably the second best film in the Rocky Creed universe, mm-hmm. the RCU, as everyone calls it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Feige's brainchild. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's what everyone loves. But no, it's like the only reason why I wouldn't consider it the first film, like the best film in the series, is because this film only exists because of what that first film does, what Rocky does yeah. to kind of lead yeah, to this yeah, point yeah. where they basically did the underdog story again. Yeah. Like this is like what out of all the underdog stories in the Rocky universe, this is like what the fourth time they've done this kind of right. Right. But this time it's just fresh enough, just a cool enough take and just a good enough performance, especially from Jordan that it's just like, this feels fresh. Yeah. Jordan and Stallone. Yes, um, which that's a big is part. A, another th- thing I really love about this movie is that um, rather than just you know existing in the Rocky universe and being this kind of totally detached story that's mm-hmm. you know t- tethered by little threads, um, in- instead of doing that, they decide to push forward with this new story about this new character we haven't met before, while also finding a way to kind of close Rocky's story in the process. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and honestly, I mean, I, I love this movie. Honestly, my favorite thing about it is Rocky's arc in this movie. Oh, I believe um, that. I completely understand that. And But yeah, they're, they're both so good. Both facets of this movie, the Rocky stuff and the Creed stuff, are mm-hmm. integrated so well. And it feels like, I mean, it's just such a rare, you know, kind of tightrope walk of like rebooting a legacy mm-hmm. franchise, well, you know, by by pushing forward and creating new characters while also like 
not just honoring the roots, but like embracing them and and mm-hmm. continuing that yeah. story while also moving forward. Yeah, and it's just phenomenal to see the fact that like this is the best case scenario for doing that in terms of the fact that like every time there's a rocky plot, it doesn't take away from Apollo Adonis. Yeah. And vice versa, where it's like it really they do both their stories pretty much enrich each other because mm-hmm. on one end you have Rocky finding a new lease on life to the point where he's willing to fight for a life that could slowly could slowly diminish if he wants it to. Yeah. While as Adonis has to basically make the choice to fight for basically his new dad. Yeah. The only father he's ever had figure wise right and and rocky's also uh you know being essentially apollo's best friend yes um he is kind of uh adonis's closest connection closest living connection (laughs) to his dad i mean obviously um you know adonis still has his mom um but they you know their relationship sounds Mm -hmm. like it was a bit strained or something it it definitely says a lot when the first two films the best scenes or some of the best scenes in my opinion take place in adrian's right where in the first film you have that great moment where like adonis is not trying to outright say he's apollo's son he's basically trying to test rocky in a way that's like no no fucking fan knows the things that you're bringing up like how the hell do you know this yeah and then he brings up his mom and like says his mom's first name and mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah interesting and it, but it was also great too is in, again we talked about in the end of rocky trilogy like to show how great stallone is as rocky it's not like he is caught off guard that apollo cheated on his wife <laughs> he's right. more like oh well that sounds like a thing apollo would do have a kid <laughs> have an illegitimate kid yeah and you have that great, uh, you still have that fucking man, like that painting in the background. Mm-hmm. I want that painting so goddamn <laughs> From, bad. Uh, is that Rocky Three? Yeah. yeah. There's no single wall space in my house that could fit that painting, <laughs> but I would use it. I'd You'd put it so I'd find a way. Yeah. Life would find a way. But yeah, it just from that point to all the way to like Tessa Thompson is like she is not. Her character, her name escapes me, not because uh, it's... Bianca. Bianca, thank yeah. you. Bianca Taylor, right? I think so. I think so. But Bianca is not Adrian, again. Right, yeah. She is a vastly different type of character. She is very independent and very self, like, self-sufficient. like self Like, she doesn't... Yeah. She's not... She's, she's also not, like, very shy. She's, yeah. She actually is hilariously, when she's introduced, she makes Adonis shy, which is very funny to see in yeah. comparison to like in the Rocky films where like Rocky was way too confident at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that a lot of um, all the stuff that's kind of, you know, in, in Adonis's corner of the story, Bianca, Adonis's goals and origins and all that, his yeah. arc is um, very much distinct from like Rocky at the beginning of his story. Cause Rocky is yeah. this down on his luck bum who's mm-hmm. like, just gets this random shot at the big time and takes it and makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adonis comes from wealth, comes yes. from legacy, uh, but like, doesn't feel like that belongs to him um, mm-hmm. or, or that he belongs to it and kind of has to find his way to it through, these people he meets in his life rocky and bianca and um you know all the the people he meets in the in the ring and in the gyms and stuff um yeah 
And it's, so I, I like that it's like, you know, the movie is confident enough to say, we've got Rocky in the movie to do the Rocky things. Mm-hmm. We don't need Adonis to like go also through all that. the same. Yeah. yeah. And it's also great too that it's like, it is not treated as a way that the wealth is because of, you know, his, his surrogate mom, his mom basically trying to shower him with all this wealth that he couldn't have gotten in a boy's home or in a foster care. It's just, she wants the best life for him. And yeah. he wants that too. Just not as a financial advisor, which is what he <laughs> right, would probably yeah. do. He just wants he wants to be his own version of his dad, which is pretty much the biggest driving force to a degree for both the first two films. Mm-hmm. With the third one being, I think, the most unique in terms of that drive. Because, I mean, by the second film, it's like that drive has already been proven twice. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he is his own man. He can be a Creed, but also be a Johnson, which is his birth mother's name. Yeah. And which leads to, in my opinion, my favorite pair of trunks, boxing trunks in the three films is the uh, ones where it has. Yeah, I think, yeah, is it in two or is it, because in the first one they have the Creed Johnson. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the first one. Yeah. I mean, the, the second one has the all black, right, right. which is super fucking the yeah. slick. Yeah. And then in Creed 3, he goes He's, all white, yeah. <laughs> which is fun, too. <laughs> No, but I love the uh, the American flag, mm-hmm. very patriotic, red, white, and blue trunks that have Creed in the front, but Johnson in the back. Yeah. Where he, where his mom is basically saying, quit being a dumbass. Mm-hmm. You can be both. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's fun to see that kind of identity crisis, but not in a way that feels like, okay, we've seen, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Not only is he an underdog, he is an underdog that is having an identity crisis because his daddy was much more famous than he was. <laughs> and it's like, yes. But his dad also died in the ring. <laughs> yeah. And that is another thing that I think Creed does, both one and two do incredibly well in a way that I don't think anyone, even people who love Rocky Four, would have expected, where it's like, I'm a firm believer that a later film in a franchise doesn't retroactively make an earlier uh, entry better. Yeah. I don't think what Creed one and two does automatically makes Rocky Four now like a four out of five for me. <laughs> However... When you hear Adonis's mom talk about what happened to him with Drago, when you see in Creed 2 just the, the amount of fear he has when he has to go up against Drago's son, mm-hmm. and just to constantly remind, like, this came from the film where James Brown sings Living in America <laughs> while fucking Carl Weathers comes down in an Uncle Sam outfit, yeah. and they've made it such a traumatic thing. Right. That ultimately is now worked. It's permeated. It's it's almost like a fine wine that's been in a barrel long enough. It's been <laughs> aged to the point where it actually works yeah. as this yeah. dramatic kind of drama, like dramatic situation between, I mean, Adonis and everything he does. Yeah. Because another a big thing too, and I think it's it's the most Marty McFly thing is to be called Baby Creed and <laughs> right, have that right. bother him so yeah. much, but. Yeah, I mean, on top of all that, you have Coogler, who was just bringing that talent he had from Fruitvale and just amping up all the boxing scenes. Yeah, you know, there's just... there's a – he brings, like – there's just a really fresh kind of perspective on how the fights are shot. Yes. Um, I mean, compared to the end of Rocky Balboa, where we still like that fight, but it clearly is like, oh, there could have yeah, been a better way to do this. That fight is carried by the emotions and the energy of the plot, not yeah. really the visual presentation. Oh, no, no, no. Um, 
And and I feel that way about most of the Rocky fights. I like them because of like the build what up. is yeah, the build up and what is physically happening substance wise in them, not necessarily because of what they look like. Yeah. Um there are definitely highlights, but like this was a movie like kind of the first in the series where it's like boxing looks fucking cool god like, the, the one that they do in uh adonis's first official yeah, american fight yeah, is cool. so fucking good mm-hmm. it's so well done and i still remember in the theaters just like getting chills being like i what the fuck <laughs> this is so simple in terms of like its execution but i know it must have been an absolute bitch to shoot yeah especially just like trying to make sure you didn't get in anybody's way no one's getting tripped on fucking cords and just yeah. like, oh, you missed a punch. We have to do it all over again from the <laughs> beginning. Like, yeah, it's so effective in how it does that. And it works well with the narrative and ultimately doesn't even take away from the final fight because the final fight, I think, is just as good, but even mm-hmm. in a different sense. Yeah. And oh, my gosh. Uh, what's other? I mean, you get a lot of Philly. I think it's another thing we should bring up is the fact yeah. that like. We talked. You talked about a lot in the last episode, just like how Philly as a character really is like, really brings out the best in the Rocky films, especially yeah, if they I, hold on to it. I, I think Balboa, Creed one, mm-hmm. and probably the original Rocky. Yes, those three movies are kind of like the peak of this the story using Philadelphia yes. as part of the story mm-hmm. and making it feel lived in and mm-hmm. rich. And you know, I I love how much. Like, this movie didn't have to acknowledge or pull from Rocky Balboa as much as it does, but, like, I really appreciate, mm-hmm. like, the Rocky portion, the Philly portions of it. Yeah. Um, feeling like extensions of that 2006 film oh, rather yeah. than just, like, mm-hmm. uh, skip over it because it was the forgotten one in the 2000s. Like, Rocky oh, yeah. feels very much like Rocky from Rock from Balboa from 06. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although older and in you know worse shape but like (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and they go to a lot of those same locations and there's a lot of kind of walking around in the town rocky getting recognized by people Mm -hmm. you know doing doing the adrian's thing at the restaurant Uh, he's he's still managing that which is and you know a new addition from rocky Mm -hmm. six he's a lot quieter yeah. Like compared to Balboa, where it's like Balboa, he is still very much a charismatic, almost a presenting type. Mm-hmm. Very much, yeah, like a like a local hero. Yeah. And in this, it's like he's he is just kind of like he has his own little corner in the world. Yeah. He has now lost his best friend, Polly. Polly died in between Balboa and Creed. Good riddance. And, I mean, honestly, it's if you told me Polly had died, you would not have. Yeah. surprised anybody watching it because it's like yeah of course he did yeah <laughs> and it's also funny too <laughs> i think it's in this film yeah when rocky goes to visit adrian polly is buried right next mm-hmm. to her yeah and he brings i believe uh adrian like flowers and he brings a little pint of four roses <laughs> fucking polly yeah and it's like that's that perfectly captures what this man <laughs> remembers of both right, his right. wife and his brother-in-law yeah and yeah, I mean, you—the only returning character you get from the franchise is Balboa. 
you uh, yeah i mean you get i mean you get uh duke's son duke, duke's son you get duke yeah. not duke jr he did they don't call him duke He's jr duke. but he is just duke again <laughs> uh you get duke's son who is not in the other films but like it's clear like who this guy is as soon as you meet him yeah he's filling exactly the same role yes and but like ultimately after that maybe there's some presenters from like you know boxing presenters. yeah i think I there mean, might I mean, be a the, boxing the guy the let's get ready to rumble guy is in like half of these yes, movies because yes. he's been around forever um mm-hmm. he was not in creed 3 i noticed that he I don't wasn't know if, I, was... I don't know if he's retired now or i don't what, know but he was in i think mm-hmm. the first two creeds yeah He's been and around also, since the dawn of time. So <laughs> he's know, if, he, if he wanted yeah. to take some time, you know, yeah. when Creed three was shooting to just, you know, not do that. Good for him. But yeah, yeah, that was a noticeable thing for three. It was just like, Oh yeah, he's not here. Yeah. But hey. Um, but yeah, I mean this, this movie, I think just bringing in, um, you know, Ryan Coogler and, and, um, Michael B. Jordan having worked together and having yes, similar sensibilities yes. oh, yeah. as filmmakers, as storytellers. Uh, you know, it's no shock that they've worked together on other projects too, like Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think that lends these movies, starting with this film, a really distinct flavor. I mean, this movie really matches uh, Donnie's energy. He's a lot more kind of emotionally intense than Rocky was. Rocky yes, is kind of this yes. bumbling dude going through life who's, you know, fighting to stay alive, mm-hmm. fighting for the people he loves, but like not an angry person. Yeah, when, um, when, when a door was shut in Rocky's face, he would just go, it is what it is, and yeah, walk away. Whoa. Yeah, Adonis will punch that door until his hands bleed. Yeah. And if it means he can break through that door and get someone's attention. Yeah, like Donnie has a chip on his shoulder. Absolutely. Kind of, I don't, not necessarily angry at the world, but like mm-hmm. angry at his place or his lack of place. Um, yeah. And uh, I think the, the cinematography and the editing oh, yeah. in, in like the training sequences and the fights, of course, which are shot in a very intense manner, mm-hmm. uh, really carries that and i you know we we kind of get to see that extrapolated further in in two and three but just in this first film there's a kind of distinct like almost not not literally but almost like lower to the ground uh kind of sense about this movie it's Mm -hmm. less i don't know less stagey less movie and more kind Mm -hmm. of just gritty it i would say most of the film is like that except for the introduction of the boxers yeah that's the most movie part and i love it yeah. That honestly, compared to what we talked about with Balboa, where it feels like in Balboa, boxing's in a weird spot where you don't really, it's not the same in terms of the energy and how it's sold, and it's just kind of, at a, mm. it feels like it's showing boxing at a weird low point, yeah. well, as with Creed, they are constantly introducing new boxers. Yeah. There's even one boxer that is not even a real fight, it's just a training fight. That like is like a a pound for pound heavyweight champ, or like he's one of the top in the in the country, and he's only there just to knock the shit out of Creed and take his car. <laughs> yeah, and only comes back in the second one when he gets his car back. Yeah. But it just all the introductions. Uh, Ricky Conlon is mm-hmm. Ricky uh, played Conlon. by I. He's an actual boxer. His first name's Tony, but his last name escapes me. But oh, yeah. he's great. He's he has um. I don't even think McGregor at that point was doing boxing or like Conor uh, McGregor. I don't think so. But oh, it but has he was more of an MMA guy. Yeah, but it yeah. has that energy in terms yeah. of like just yeah, his the, attitude. And, yeah, the yeah. the persona of him, yeah. and just to see all that and just like 
the fact that they do freeze frames where they have like the classic boxing, like how many times have they won, here's yeah. their record, this is their nickname. Yeah. And just like, oh, this feels like almost very Rocky esque. Even more than Rocky, because I can't even think of many other fighters that Rocky fights other than the titular like the yeah, classics, the, like Creed, yeah, the, Clubber, Drago. There's more these movies kind of make more of an effort to to present this world of boxing that Creed mm-hmm. steps into or yes. is a part of. Yes. Um, and so there's lots of name drops and characters being introduced who may or may not have huge significance to the to Creed's story, but like mm-hmm. it lays that kind of framework where you feel like, okay, yeah, he's stepping into this world that's yeah. way bigger than him. Um, but to show just how good of a director and actor, uh, I mean, Coogler and Jordan are, when Coogler gives that much time of a freeze frame to show you an introduction of a of a boxer, only for Michael to respond in a way of like, oh fuck, <laughs> like when he's like when he's bait, betting for pink slips in the ring when he's like trying mm-hmm. try and knock me out, and that one boxer gets introduced. When it cuts to Michael's face and he goes, like you just see in his face, oh I didn't fuck okay, <laughs> <laughs> like the best boxer in that crew in that club, and it's just yeah. like okay, yeah. It's just it. They well, do a good isn't he job like? Of, I mean, isn't he like number ranked like number two or something? Yeah, he's right like under, nationally. Yeah, because it was gonna be him and Ricky fighting, and then Ricky's an asshole and fucks yeah. like gives him a yeah. busted lip. Right. And I think he gets sued, <laughs> <laughs> or like he sues Ricky. But yeah, I mean, everyone we've been talking about really just adds to how phenomenal this film is. Coogler, Stallone, Thompson, Jordan. But I think the one person we haven't yet to talk about, we should definitely talk about, because he plays an important part in the next film. And I think, I, li- I don't even remember if he's in three, but Ludwig Ronson. Yeah. You yeah. have the guy that will ultimately win an Oscar for fucking Black Panther. Right. With four score. You have the man that has given us the Mandalorian theme, who now seems like Star Wars' new boy. Yeah. And, like, the new guy. He is everywhere. He literally... <laughs> the one film that Hans Zimmer doesn't do for Christopher Nolan and Garanson pulls out probably one of the most fun themes like scores I've ever heard from a Nolan film in years like he is so creative and just engaging and just to hear him take on flying high but in a very different way it's like I think it's flying hard it's like one of them's flying harder yeah. And one's flying stronger. Because I think Creed 2 and Creed 1 have different themes, just different enough. Yeah. Well, it's. It's, it's still. It's, the Creed theme takes this specific motif, I think, from. Conti. Uh, yeah, Flying High. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know. But it's not, it's not like the kind of big crowning moment of that chorus yeah it's like this little kind of series of notes off to one side of it Mm -hmm. but it's it's a memorable moment that when you hear it in creed played as the theme you're like this sounds like rocky but it's it's not it's its own thing which is like you know obviously the whole point but yeah Yeah. garanson is just ripping it this whole movie oh my god um the shot of michael b jordan like not really racing but running with the motorbike kit guys yeah yeah. it's so fucking just amped yeah so well done uh creed 2 when um adonis is getting up after getting his ribs broken a second (laughs) time and when he starts hitting the mat like in rage it's like the music is amped in a way and it's uh garanson's like and I'm thinking, is he in three? Is I he don't know. I actually. think possibly he might do the score for three. 
And I mean, it's not saying that the score isn't good in three. The score is really good uh, in three. It's a different composer, but it is a different. You, it's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is very. I, clearly yeah, I like, didn't really get like. I didn't take home a lot of the music from three. I'll yeah, say that. No, I I agree with that. I think the music is good in three, but compared to the first two films, yeah. Like I mean, another good example of that with Ludwig and just how much of an impression he makes as of recording this. And there'll be two episodes out by the time this episode comes out. Even though we always record live, but Mandalorian season three just had its premiere. Oh yeah, and Ludwig does not score that episode. Yeah, and you can tell. Yeah, that was one of the first things I picked up listening to. It I was like, "That's not yeah." Where's Ludwig. The, there's like That's a different. Yeah, it's like the atmosphere is. Yeah, kinda, it's not bad. Yeah, it's just noticeably different. Yeah. And that's what like what Ludwig brings to the table. And it's the same thing with fucking Wakanda, like with Wakanda Forever yeah. and with Black Panther One, like. With him there really just brings that amp, like just brings yeah. the energy and the tone. He is so good at making like very specific instrumental choices mm-hmm. that like you would think, I mean, and they do stand out, but you would think would like steal the show or distract or whatever, but just like mm-hmm. wind up kind of perfectly fitting the vibe of whatever oh, scene yeah. or whatever. Oh you my know. God. I mean, the, the Mandalorian theme is just chock full of that. Like what yeah. the... If, what is this sound I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. But it's perfect. <laughs> if there's anything that like the Creed films have above the Rocky films in terms of its score, it's the fact that while Bill Conti is great, and without flying high, I don't think you get as many memorable moments as you do, especially in the in any of the films. Yeah. But what's great about Creed and what Ludwig does with the score is like it is instead of it being the big emotional moments for Ludwig, it really is the smaller moments that grab your attention. Yeah. It is it is like the motif you talked about and like it's just tweaked in a way that like when you hear just a little bit of it, you're hooked. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of kind of how Balboa is, but not but to a better degree. Like yeah. an upgraded version of yeah. it in that yeah. regard. And Yeah. It's it's just yeah, there's a lot more I don't know. The the music is maybe more dynamic in the Creed movies. Mm-hmm. There's there's yes. the small and the big and the the swells are really mm-hmm. great. Like the big kind of transitions into huge moments musically is just such an upgrade over the over the Rocky movie. It's also a fun a great thing about Creed Two is because when you not not Creed Two, Creed T O O. Creed know, also. <laughs> yeah, also Creed. Is the fact that like this is a film that you could unseen in an alternate reality where people are phoning this in. Yeah, where it's oh, like, yeah. you know, they are they, you know, MGM wants another Creed film. You know what? We will or another Rocky film. Let's do one about Apollo's kid. OK, whatever. Could probably bring out a six, seven out of ten without really doing much effort and have people still go see it because, you know, at least it's not about an old Rocky. because yeah. They've already done. That. I mean, I like The Force Awakens, but this could have been a Force Awakens where it's just every beat is hit again. Yeah, it's it's almost it's like a great redo hits. everything. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, like. You could watch Creed and think that just on a surface level, but it really is once you dig into the choices performance-wise are being made by the mm-hmm. cast and the writing and the cinematography and just the moments that the film lingers on really just gives the film a freshness yeah. that, honest to God, you can start with Creed, not know anything about the Rocky films, and still probably think it's just as good as anyone who loves the Rocky films that love this film. Yeah, which is amazing because, and this is something I can't believe I'm just now talking about because it's like one of my favorite things about the movie. But um, yeah, because when I first saw this movie, the, the first Creed film, 
I don't know that I'd see. I, I think I had seen the original Rocky, and mm-hmm. maybe that was it. Yeah. But like it had been years. I saw Rocky as a kid at some point, or mm-hmm. parts of it, or something. So I knew who Rocky was. I knew generally his stories and un- like the original underdog, you know, kind of. Um, but Rocky's arc in this movie hits so hard. I mean, Stallone was getting Oscar buzz. Yeah, and from this uh, film, I have and more I honest than deserved. Honest to God, this might be his best performance, probably in his career. I, this is, I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite, like, kind of legacy character performances mm-hmm. ever. Like, a long, oh, you know, yeah. an actor oh, tied to God, a character yeah. for a long time. This is this movie is one of my favorites. He is so good. I mean, you can just tell how Stallone has, like, aged with the character. Yeah. And just oh, yeah. been along for every part of the journey. And he's been there right by his side when Rocky's gone through hell yeah. and oh, yeah. highs and lows. and. I mean, just the one scene where, you know, uh, Donnie finds out about um, Rocky's cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dude, you got to fight this thing. And Rocky's just like, look, like everybody that I cared about is gone. And, you know, I would just as soon give up this life so I could maybe have a chance at seeing Mm -hmm. them again. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking when I saw it the first time, having no context, and it yeah. just ran me over like a train this yeah. time when we watched it after watching all of the Rocky movies mm-hmm. right before. And while I absolutely agree with you on that, what really digs in is the next line after that, which is basically Adonis going, oh, yeah. so I don't count right. in that. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit like i get well, what rocky's saying but yeah what a dumbass yeah. he's not really thinking about well and it's a perfect rocky moment because <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah you get that yeah. beautiful moment of like sensitivity and vulnerability from rocky and then the dumb lug says something yeah. really stupid immediately and basically <laughs> says you're not we're not real family yeah and it's, and like, it's like oh and, it's, oh. and you can tell he 100 percent didn't like that did not go through his head he, before I mean, he said he it. doesn't it was, believe it yeah. I know he doesn't believe it. He's just saying that to try to cushion the blow for Adonis. Yeah, he in thinks terms of, it's a helpful yeah. thing to say. But, but it is the opposite. <laughs> yeah. This basically, this conversation ultimately leads Adonis to jail. To yeah. <laughs> he basically is the first person that crosses him is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm throwing hands. Yeah. And then he goes into prison and they're like, God, it has that great moment when he goes into like, is in the cell and Rocky knows he fucked up. And doesn't know how to talk to Godonis. Mm. And like, it's trying to, like, uh, hey, buddy, okay. It's like, oh, what? It's not like I'm your son. Yeah. And it's like, oh. It's like, yeah, Adonis. Adonis just rubbing it in his face. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, oh. Fucked up, man. Oh, my God. It's so good. I mean, is that your favorite Stallone scene? Yeah. Like, of his career or in the movie? Just in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mine is definitely his actual diagnosis. That's when a he's, great when scene, he, too. The single line, my wife had that. Yeah, yeah. Is just speaks just going through the series like we did, it just spoke the entirety of the fucking franchise. Uh, yeah. Just like my wife had that. And which and, is it's just even better considering the fact that like Adrian dies off screen. We yeah. don't know what happened. We don't know to how she dies until that moment. And it's like, oh Yeah. It's it just makes it think the fact that like in the two thousands, most people, especially our age who were growing up like would know Stallone from the fucking 
Spy Kids 3D <laughs> or some random ass film he did maybe, in the 2000s. Yeah, maybe Expendables. Yeah, but... or just watching Rocky because yeah. our parents loved the films. And like to watch him just add, again, it's the seventh goddamn film with this character and add more life, yeah. breathe a freshness to him that still works 40 fucking years later is like, wow. Yeah. This is astonishing. And to think that like, just yeah, it sounds funny to be like really Stallone deserves an Oscar for the performance. It's like, yeah, out of all of his performances, that's yeah. the one that's the closest. Did Stallone write the script for this one? I know he helped I, write the script for two. I think this one was all Coogler. Is yeah, it all this Coogler? One was all Coogler Coo- and Aaron Covington. Oh, okay, yeah, because I know he's. I think he's a he's a collaborator with Coogler as well. Yeah, um, which would make sense because he writes for this fucking film, but. No, it's just, yeah, there's just so many moments where, like, when we were watching this again, like, at the point we were watching these films, we, you know, we had finished Balboa, and we're like, damn, you know, what a way to end that franchise, you know? I know we're going to see him in Creed, but, man, it's going to be, what a really solid way to end a Rocky series with a Rocky film like that. And then we get into Creed, and we're just like, oh, oh, <laughs> man, this is all just gold. This It's yeah. making, it's dunking every five seconds yeah. in terms of, like, it's, I mean, from top to bottom, I have very little issue with this film. Like this yeah, is probably a ten a really out of ten for movie. me, all the way up to the fucking end. We don't see the fucking steps oh, yeah. <laughs> until the right. end, but it's so great to see the steps be like Donnie is giving him the energy to go up those steps, even though he is still in chemo yeah. and in pain. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends on that wonderful note of them standing there on top together mm-hmm. where it's like, that's the win for him. Like in the original Rocky film, Creed does not win the title, Yeah, but he wins the hearts of the people. Right. He is, he, he is no baby. Creed. didn't win the fight, but he won the night yes. or whatever the announcer says. I think he does Conlon wins the fight. Uh, Creed wins, wins the, the night. night. It's, oh, it's God. It's so, it's so good. And, yeah. You would think after how good that film is and how well it does and even the Oscar buzz surrounding, I think Coogler's a director and Stallone is a supporting actor, you would think that a sequel would be a bad idea almost. Not well, in terms I of mean, a financial way. It's, you know, it's, in, it's baffling enough that Creed was as good as it was. Yes. And so you think your immediate thought is, how do you well, do you're going to ruin it in the sequels. Yeah. How do you do this again? And then yeah. everybody, I think everybody and their mom, basically, if you ask them after Creed 1 came out and it was a success, like, what would the sequel be? And pretty much anyone would say, oh, Ivan's got to have a son. <laughs> There's got to be, like, a Drago-Creed match. Yeah. Because, you know, it's everyone's like, everyone, even though the fact that Dolph Lundgren still looks fucking good, oh, still yeah. cut, and I would be afraid to even try to throw a single punch at that man. <laughs> right. You would you still like are like, no, he's in his fucking sixties, like you gotta get somebody who's younger. Oh, he's got a son. <laughs> yeah. Let's have let's have quote unquote baby creed against baby Drago <laughs> and let's have the re- rematch of the century. And it's just like, ah, they could do that, but I don't know if they really want them to. Cut yeah. three years after that. Coogler is not involved. Coogler is not involved in the directing side because he is doing. I don't know. You might have heard this little indie film that was about two hundred million dollars called Black Panther, <laughs> that came out a year prior to Creed Two. But he was still a producer on this film. Um, who directed Two again? Uh, Stephen Cable Jr. Cable Jr. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is a 
phenomenal sequel. <laughs> this yeah. really is like, again, when it comes to ranking the RCU, <laughs> it's funny to say every time I say it, just want to make you laugh. But when you talk about all the films in the Rocky Creed universe, in my mind, right under Creed, uh, the number three spot is fucking Creed 2. Yeah. I think a lot of people, and I get it, with Creed 2, you do see a little bit more of the Rocky sequelitis. Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard for, not to. For lack of a better term, it's a little bit dumber. Yeah, like, it is. Oh, and not in a yeah. terrible way, but like it's sillier. And yeah. Just like the Rocky sequels are all sillier than the first Rocky. Yeah. But it's also like, it's. Think about just like how boxing has evolved since that second film. Or like in that second film, it's silly to think that like, I don't know, let's let's put these two, you know, I know you're the heavyweight champion of the world, but like, want to make your dad proud? <laughs> want to show that you're a real man and fight this yeah. random Russian boxer? I think one thing and, one thing that's funny about all of these movies, Creed and Rocky alike, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm not super yeah I, I don't know much about boxing in the real world um as a as a professional sport i don't know that much about the world of boxing but these movies kind of do a good job of making the world of boxing look a little bit silly like oh yeah they're constantly doing these just ridiculous exhibition matches of yeah champion going up against a no name or like champion mm-hmm. going up against some guy just because he's some other guy's kid it is and it's like it what is, is this the uh, wwe it like, is so funny that in the universe of rocky since rocky was such a success as a boxer going from zero to hero overnight yeah literally everyone fucking tries it at least once right because yeah. we get that in creed three yeah. <laughs> we, we get that in three too where it's, it's like just everybody trying to do rock rocky it feels like again. it feels like the boxing equivalent of uh <laughs> there's no rule in the rule book this is a dog can't play basketball <laughs> where it's like well this guy really wants a shot it'd be a fun story to see if you could take on the heavyweight champ at yeah. this point how many underdogs have taken on the heavyweight champ? Yeah, I mean, at the, least they, five or six times. At I'm this saying point. this mostly jokingly, but like these movies kind of diminish the significance of a heavyweight title because it's yeah. like constantly <laughs> being taken by nobodies. Honestly, it would have diminished it more had Victor won the first match. Yeah, like yeah. the fact. Thankfully, the fact that they disqualify him. Yeah, I that's think a is good, good little good choice. Yeah, kind of delay to yeah. that. Because it is funny how, like, as much as I really enjoy Rocky Three, the fact that it's like I'm the heavyweight champ, and then it's no, you're not, and then it's like, well, now I'm gonna do it again, and then yeah. he gets it again. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's yeah. a back and forth. Right. It's just so funny, and it is funny too that it's like there's a guy, um, I can't think of the actor's name, but he's like he's the boxing kind of presenter guy. He's the um like the producer who's like he's the one guy that goes to all of victor's fights and also is trying to convince adonis yeah and he's the he's um he's the promoter if beale Beale street could talk and yeah yeah god what is the actor he's a phenomenal actor and it's just my name escapes me yeah i don't remember but um he's not george washington duke's son is all that really mattered (laughs) i was worried that we were gonna get like oh my god are we getting a rocky five reference right um good film i don't want that (laughs) Please yeah. don't do that. But um, yeah, this is it. Russell Hornsby, I think. I think Buddy, so. Yeah. As Buddy Marcel. Buddy Marcel, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the name. He's <laughs> yeah, he is yeah. He's basically a promoter who's trying to come up with like the next you know cool fight, make mm-hmm. a name for himself, make a little cash for himself, make a cool fight. So yeah, he goes and finds mm-hmm. out that Drago is cooking up a son over. Not in Russia. only does he find out, it's almost implied that he's been backing the Dragos. Yeah, for been, a while. Yeah, he's been uh, yeah 
farming this. Yes. Like he's basically been on all fours ready to pounce on Adonis <laughs> whenever the news comes out. Yeah. And it's also funny too that like when the news comes out that, you know, Victor Drago wants to fight Adonis, like Buddy Marcel is there with them for the announcement. And then like a day later Bianca's doing like a performance and Adonis is there and then Buddy just slinks in. He's like, Hey man, no hard feelings, it's just business. Right. It's like there's something about you that like you're very charismatic and good at what you do, but damn, the fact that you're just in every space at the right time. Yeah. I kinda thought that they were going to um like he was gonna show up again in three as just kind of a background character. Yeah, that would have been fun though if he did. Yeah. He could always come back. True, yeah. Uh, I know, there must be a spoiler for all of you out there who really want a Buddy Marcel to be in three and you haven't seen it. He's not Ruined. Three. I know. But, yeah, I mean, with two, again, like we, like I said, like you, you definitely see like the sequelitis that you get from the Rocky films in this in terms of, like, you know where it's going to go. However, the execution on the way there is almost, oh, it's phenomenal. The yeah. first Victor Adonis fight, is fantastic and then the final fight this is a film where there's three (laughs) there's only three boxing fights which is pretty apt for a a rocky creed film yeah and it's just fun to think that like the first fight is creed basically winning the heavyweight title but really just to get his car back because he's just that good and then the first victor adonis fight it is like watching a predator like play with prey (laughs) Even though that prey could absolutely knock the shit out of him, it's yeah. clear like the fear gets to Adonis to a point where I don't know his full name, but his first name's Florian, the actor that plays Victor. Uh, yeah, he Florian just Munto or something. Yeah, like he that. just looks like a brick wall, just waiting to slam into Adonis. Yeah, he's, he is he's a horrifying, Hulk. and he's so much fun. And like every time he hits, it feels like it's a bag of bricks in a bag. Yeah, and when he. When he breaks his ribs in the first fight, it's like, oh my god! Yeah, when he gets that, uh, he gets that one hit in. Yeah, when he's down on the ground or whatever. What, mm-hmm. That's the what disqualifies him, right? Or yeah, it's like he, what disqualifies him. I think is that he keeps hitting. I think after the yeah, bell, like at after one the point. bell, he hits yeah. him in the face when he's crouched on the ground. Yeah, and yeah. he keeps falling. And he's it just doesn't so count. And brutal. Yeah, and it's again you have Ivan. And again, like I said in the first film, one of the best scenes in. The in Creed two takes place in Adrian's, but it's not it's not Donnie and Rocky. It is Ivan and Rocky yeah. seeing each other for the first time since the fourth film, <laughs> and it's just the energy and the intensity is palpable. Yeah, they obviously do not like each other, and I love that. There is you find out later that I think there's more of a mutual respect that either one of them will agree upon because yeah. it's like. They both come from different sides of the world, but clearly, like, Ivan is not a full-blown villain, and Rocky is not an American villain to him. Like, it's clearly, yeah. like, they're just two guys that were fighting for their country. Right. <laughs> and, but, like, God, when, when Ivan leaves Adrian's and goes, I like that picture, and it's a picture of fucking Creed, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you sneaky Jesus bitch. Jesus Christ, yeah. It's like, you son of a bitch. He's like, get him. <laughs> right. And it's just, I mean... You get the moments you kind of expect with this in terms of, like, you know, Rocky can't do it because he just has so much guilt surrounding the fact that he mm-hmm. believes Creed died in his arms because of his choice. Yeah. Even though when we talked about End of Rocky, it was like Apollo pretty much just fucking wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to die in the ring in a glorious way, and 
he did just as like a monkey's paws wish. It's really just the worst way, <laughs> which is like he doesn't win. Right. And I mean, on, on speaking of Rocky, like I think a lot of us were kind of wondering, were they going to kill him off in Creed or in between one and two? Mm. And the film plays with that when there's a moment where it's just Creed and Balboa in the room together and almost implies like he's a ghost talking to him. <laughs> But it's not that. Yeah. Rocky's Rocky's in remission. He's kicking it. Mm-hmm. He's living his best life. And what is his arc? He's there. He yeah, doesn't really have much of an arc. His arc is fine. basically two scenes. Um, yeah. He should, he should talk to his kids more. His kids. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie basically just like offhandedly tells him he should call his kids and, and or his mm-hmm. kid and then... Yeah, at the end of the movie, he goes and sees his kid. <laughs> yeah, because in because again, Robert, played by Milo Ventimiglia and Balboa, they talk about him in Creed very minimally, where it's like, mm. I always thought it was because they had a falling out, but in reality, Robert moved with his wife and child to Vancouver. Yeah. To Canada because of work, and Rocky basically looks out of place if he isn't on a Philly street, so yeah, of course I think he's, he's not going to come. Yeah, too much of a hermit. He, yeah, to, he's never gonna leave Philly, and so it's, he kind of let that get in the way of yeah. his relationship. It's where he, with that's his where his, that's where his wife is buried. Yeah, doesn't matter where fucking Polly's buried, but that's where <laughs> wife is buried. And so it's like, of course he's not gonna leave. But yeah. thankfully, with his arc, while it's very minuscule, it does feel nice to have him in the film because he shows up at the right times. Yeah, in terms of like the emotional intensity when like you know Adonis loses for the first time, and in that scene when Adonis is basically telling him to leave the hospital, you see clearly that Adonis knows he fucked up. Yeah, knows that this was his choice, but the fact that in his mind, almost like you're my dad and you didn't tell me to, you didn't keep fighting for me not to do this. Yeah, or the fact that you didn't support him in his bad decision all the way through. Yeah, basically leads him to just like disconnect from rocky until right. by the latter half of the film yeah and, and then ultimately when rocky comes back it's like it's it's exactly the time that adonis needs him yeah. and he gets back into the swing of things you get a fun uh gosh what where is the training sequence it's, it's in the it's in the desert right yeah it's somewhere yes, just yes. out in the desert i got it mixed up or nevada or i got it mixed up a little bit with creed threes oh yeah <laughs> but not by too much because both of them are in cal i mean they're in like their trains in california so yeah. it kind of throws you off compared to like in yeah. most philly training montages but right yeah i mean he shows up anytime every time he needs to and then at the very end he gets his you know, a swan song to a degree with the fact that, you know, Robert, you know, is still played by Milo Ventimiglia. Thank yeah. God. Now known as the dad from This Is Us. <laughs> and it's great to see that, like, he sees his, uh, the, probably the best line from Rocky in the second film is seeing Robert's kid and saying, like, he looks like his grandma or he looks mm-hmm. like his, like, he basically looks like Adrian or Robert because, like, yeah. He every time anyone says he looks like Rocky, I think in Rocky too when they say that Robert looks like him, he was like, "Well, I hope not." Yeah, <laughs> it's like in that regard. <laughs> and then like that's the last time we've seen Rocky so far. Yeah, it's a really g- nice way to cap it off, especially for a film where he doesn't really need to be there, but it's nice that he is there. Yeah, and it's I mean yeah. it's you get a lot of good moments with Rock and. Ultimately, I think the film is better with him in it, even though I feel like there is a way you can. 
you probably give Duke more to do because again, Duke is in <laughs> yeah. this, but like he is, he's like fourth billing. It feels like yeah. in the boxing team. Yeah, Ro- Rocky is kind of set dressing in this movie, but you know, set dressing's a good thing to have. You yeah, know, you want to have your sets look and feel nice, and Rocky helps make this movie feel nice. Absolutely, because you need it to feel nice because Adonis is not doing well for <laughs> most of it. He is. Yeah, I mean. Adonis was in a crisis in the first film. This is like a fucking crisis, all caps. Yeah. Where it's like in the first film, his big thing is, can I make my own legacy? And the question, and the answer is yes, he can. He is a good enough boxer. He is not just Apollo's son. He is Adonis Creed. Mm-hmm. In the second one, it is okay. Can I, you know, redeem my father's legacy by beating the son of the man that killed him in the ring? Yeah. And ultimately feeling like, you know, he initially feels like he can't do it mm-hmm. because he doesn't feel like he's as good enough of a boxer as Apollo or just really gets cold feet and realizes, you know, like, to be honest, Apollo and Adonis want separate things. Right. Especially seeing the, especially seeing well, all the films. And, I think that's also, that's part of why he fails the first time is because he's oh, just yeah. trying to be like, oh, yeah, well, I got to put this guy in his place because he killed my dad. And the, by the second time he fights, it's. You know, he's had more of that kind of self-actualization where he's like, well, now I've got to take this back for my own sake mm-hmm. and for the people I care about. Do this for my wife. Do this yeah. for my mom. Do this for my daughter. Like, right. It, it's also the fact, too, that you can see in his eyes, too, at a degree that it's like he is fighting Victor. But, like, in that first fight, he's fighting in his mind what Ivan would have been like and then ultimately mm-hmm. failing. But in the second one, he fights Victor. And yeah. and sees Victor as a person, which I think is a good thing too. Because in that first fight, it's like very much like it almost seemed like you know Adonis is the hero and Victor's the villain. While as in the second fight, it's more actualized in terms of like by this point, not only have you seen Adonis kind of build his own courage and confidence back up, we have seen the reason why Victor fights and how mm-hmm. shaky of a ground he's on in terms yeah. of like his belief and why he does yeah. it. And that also is some of the best shit in this film as well. Again, doesn't make Rocky Four any better to give Ivan Drago some damn good development. But fuck, I love the dinner scene. Yeah, the, the, where you see, uh, is it Bridget Nielsen? Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, his uh, Ivan's ex-wife from the from Rocky Four. <laughs> Seeing her come back in a film shocked me. Right when yeah. I saw that in theaters, I was like, wait, they brought her back. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's just really cool to that they give both of the dragos that kind of oh yeah know, sympathetic angle of like yeah you know they weren't like the puppet masters of this like no, they yeah. they were pawns and yeah. were cast aside when they failed to do the job that their country set for them mm-hmm. um and uh that's a really fun dynamic that kind of gives victor a little bit more i mean it, it sets victor up to kind of be you know adonis's foil because the whole time he's only fighting because his mm-hmm. dad's forcing him to he's yes. fighting for his dad's dignity kind of like adonis is fighting for his dad's dignity the first time they fight mm-hmm. and the thing that separates them in the second fight is that adonis is now fighting for you know things that yeah. actually matter to him yeah, he's, and victor isn't yeah he's fighting for himself while as his father and, and victor's father in reality ivan doesn't need victor to win yeah, like it's he, that kind of positive reinforcement versus yeah. negative reinforcement. Yeah, he's he's proud of him enough, which leads to, I mean, 
one of the best fucking callbacks, and I think in all the franchise, is fucking Ivan throwing in the towel. Yeah. To make sure Victor doesn't die. Yeah. Where it's like, at a certain point, yes, they were doing this. I mean, Ivan basically built this into Victor to do this for the country, but in reality, all they really need, if they want to win, is their each other. Yeah. And they'll get they'll win again another time. And mm-hmm. I think that's just a really good moment. It also makes Victor, you know, doesn't end on a bad note. He, yeah. And and also Florian does a phenomenal job as an actor, especially as an actual. I mean, as another boxer, mm-hmm. it's cool to see him in the in the dinner scene, just uncomfortable constantly, and also built like a shit brick house. Yeah. Seeing someone that big and intimidating just almost crumble when his mom shows up, and the fact that he goes like, I've I don't even know who that woman is in that room. She's not yeah. – she left you, and it's like, that's such – again, I think Stallone helped with the script in this one, which I think really does help because I'm – you know, Stallone, again, showing yeah. how much effort he puts into Balboa every single time he plays it. I think there's a lot of effort here in the script to give Ivan, you know, a character that he doesn't have in four. He has character in terms of just, like, his, you know, an intensity – the few lines he gets and just yeah. as an antagonist during the cold war era, but yeah. as an actual person, there's not like don't. an emotional component to him. Yeah. Creed two basically gives us like a TLDR Rocky Balboa version of Ivan. Yeah. And in a good way, it doesn't yeah. feel like you have to do a whole film to really address what he's been through because yeah. you can kind of just tell on Dolph's face with how good of an actor he is, just how much he's been through. Yeah. And it's, it's really well done. It's, yeah. it's a great I, I sequel. Love... I love that last shot of the Dragos where um, they're running together. Yeah, Ivan oh, instead so of good. driving the car behind Victor, training mm-hmm. him gets puts his shoes on and yeah. gets out there with him, and they just run off together. You also have a great uh, situation where Bianca ends up getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. They they kind of initially kind of set up that it's going to be oh maybe it's a marriage kind of that's going to be the subplot in terms of like Adonis and Bianca getting married, when in reality. The big subplot is while Bianca is getting more and more popular as an artist and getting more and more credibility, she gets pregnant at the height of that. Yeah. And ultimately, as she, you know, as they have the baby and they try to prepare as adults and parents, they um, they have a conversation that they never thought they would have, which is about will she, will the daughter have um, a deafness? Yeah, because the thing we didn't, I we kind of missed, we kind of ran over with the first Creed, but it's very important, especially with Bianca's character, and I think it's very important for why Adonis keeps fighting for his dream, is that Bianca is slowly losing her hearing, yet she's a musician, musician, yeah, and she is just fighting every single day to just keep getting the like, just basically living the dream as much as she can while she can, yeah, and then two is like basically, what if my daughter has the same disability Mm -hmm. and. You don't really get much of a clarification in terms of until three, whether or not she is deaf. But at the uh, time, and yeah, I feel I think two pretty much confirms that she's at least largely yeah. deaf. If well, not. they have the one, they have that one scene where they try the, they try it. Yeah, and of course Bianca is devastated, but then right. of course Rocky goes like, you know, it could be a fake test, you know. And they they, they <laughs> yeah. kind of say like it could, it could ultimately be like a false alarm. Yeah. So it's not until the third film when they're uh, – is it Amara? Yes, yeah. Amara. It's when Amara is older that we kind fully of get confirmed deaf. that she is fully deaf. But it is that is a good subplot to have because, again, to have kind of, you know, m- mirrors 
Rocky two in terms of when Rocky gets a family. You mm-hmm. know, when Rocky marries Adrian, has Roberts. But again, similar to Creed one, it's not the same thing. Yeah. And I think it's a really good addition to add those little moments because it gives the uniqueness to the Creed films that honestly they would need yeah. if they want to keep being, you know, their, their own, own thing. thing. Yeah, well and I also I love uh I love Rocky's little bit of, of every man's sensibility that he oh, gives yeah. in that moment where he's like, you know, don't feel sorry for her because she's not gonna be feeling sorry for herself. And it's ah oh, so good. Yeah. Just this Balboaisms. You can't yeah. go wrong with that. You could have a whole book on that shit and it would just be it's so good. They're basically fortune cookies yeah. for the East Coast. Like they're basically Philly fortunes. Fortune yeah, they're basically fortunes for the East Coast and it's great. Fortune cheesesteaks. Yeah, and I mean Creed Two just slaps. It's so good. It again yeah, after I, I think this is one for me, just presentation wise, is a is a high point in the series for yes. fights. Yes. Just just in the raw action mm-hmm. entertainment value of them they look so good uh mm-hmm. the hits land so hard especially drago's <laughs> oh my god yeah uh, just bone crunching really cool it, lighting and i will say i think out of all three films i think my favorite fighting moment out of all of them is in creed 2 which is basically when adonis gets up after breaking a rib and then basically with one hand fucking takes out drago yeah <laughs> it's so like Again, saying that out loud sounds fucking silly, but in execution, it just feels right. Yeah. The energy is there. The execution kills it. The The music, again, by Ludwig is just the right amount of intensity and energy, and it just feels like this has all been leading up to this moment Yeah, where, it, like you said, Adonis is fighting for everything now rather than just for his dad's legacy because his dad's legacy is always going to be there. Right like and it's it's not it's all about his legacy and his family and fighting for his future for his family yeah and it's really well done and it's just again like the end of like after seeing creed you know when creed 2 comes out and is successful it brings another question in your mind which is okay what the fuck if they even do another one (laughs) what exactly is that gonna look like yeah and thankfully I don't and I don't even know if this is really, you know, on purpose on their part, but they do take a long time. 5 years to be exact to really get this film out. And I think mm-hmm. in that time frame, they really kept a lot of stuff under wraps. I mean, there was even a bit of a controversy with in terms of like there was a rumor that there was a Drago solo film being put in development without yeah. Stallone's knowledge. Stallone publicly back you know, bashes the choice. Yeah. And, con- and leads to basically Stallone kind of leaving like any possibility, like basically leaving any possibility to do a Creed three out the window, yeah, because of producer Erlen Winkler, yeah. And so we're getting a Creed three. We're getting the first film in the Rocky universe that doesn't have a Balboa in some way, shape, or form, which is interesting. Doesn't uh-huh. mean it can't be done. Like we said, like I said with Creed two, you could have done that with Creed two, but now they have to do this with right. Creed three. So what do you do? You know, for the longest time, I mean, I don't know with a lot of people out there, like when it came to like Creed 3 still being a thing, you know, we hear that Michael B. Jordan's directing. Okay, that's cool. I can't wait to see how it looks. You know, very little information about the film itself. And you just like, if you're a fan of the films like we are, it's like, okay, again, like this film was supposed to be coming out this year. What exactly is this fucking film going to be about? And then in the first trailer, they pretty much reveal 
that there are two words that can get anyone excited <laughs> about a new film, especially in 2023. Jonathan Majors. Yep. Creed 3 is basically Michael B. Jordan versus Jonathan Majors. And considering how meteoric Majors' rise has been, mm-hmm. it is just like, it feels like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. That's enough for me. Yeah, that's all I need. That's all I need. I will go see it. Yeah. And you know what? Creed 3 is really good. It's a lot of fun. It's well done. And it clearly is the weakest of the three films. Uh, yeah. But thankfully, with the addition of Majors, I think it definitely brings the film back up, especially in an antagonistic side, because I think if you don't have Majors there, yeah, the if, film could have slumped. Without his performance, um, yeah, the the character that he plays would have kind of fallen a little more flat. Yeah, the basic um, premise is an old friend of Creed's comes out of prison. He was a boxing prodigy, but was put in prison at a very young age, and now he's, quote-unquote, too old like yeah well i mean at, at this point yeah creed has been uh, they they act like creed is yeah too old to box and thus this this guy's other friend old. who's yeah. older than him would be even older they talk about him like he has a like a crutch with like a tennis ball at the end of it like yeah. he's like he's got a walker yeah and it's like no like jonathan majors is 33 <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny too yeah the thing of like with boxing especially with the amount of pain and the amount of trauma that a person goes through physically in a a constant boxing matches of course when creed hits like his mid-30s he's basically like yeah i'm out yeah i'm good and so this film is basically creed coming out of retirement to face off with a long-lost friend that blames him for an event that happened when they were kids it's a very person it's a personal creed film which all of them have been but now this is very specifically all adonis because again Balboa's not in it. Mm. So we don't have to dedicate anything to Balboa. We also don't have to dedicate to anyone who is a quote-unquote legacy character or an offspring of a legacy character. Because, again, the only other person in here that is tied to a legacy character, honestly, is Duke. Yep. (laughs) And Duke is now filling that role that Rocky has and does fine. Yeah. I like the actor that plays Duke. I see him in a lot of stuff. He's great. I do, too. But it is clear, too, that like while Duke is, I think, a fun great character i do also think that like in he pales in comparison to balboa because of how much time we spent with balboa right like, it's hard not to yeah. it's hard to compare the two of them yeah it's this, unfair honestly this <laughs> but movie it's, is really it's just kind of i mean it's all about um adonis and bianca kind of yes. at this point it's yeah. about their relationship their daughter their life together um, and uh, Jonathan Major's character, Damien, kind of shows up and threatens to throw that all in disarray. Yeah. Damien basically saying, this could have been my life, Donnie, and you took it from me. Yeah. And that's that's enough for the fight to basically be like, all right, yeah. let's do this. And- yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I love the concept of Damien's character. Oh, because yeah. Because it, it's 100%. basically... Um, like Damien or they call him Dame um, was kind of, he, he was, he was the person that Adonis looked up to as a kid. Um, and kind of, he was the one who got him into boxing, made mm-hmm. him know that he wanted to be a fighter. Then, you know, when shit went sideways and Damien got locked up, um, Adonis then got to go on and have his boxing career. Mm-hmm. Dame had to watch from behind bars 
Um, and now he wants his shot because in his mind, it's like, you know, that was my dream. I was the one who was going to be a really good boxer, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got that instead of me. So now it's my turn. Um, and that's awesome. Uh, He's, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's angry. He's ruthless. Mm -hmm. He's spent whatever, 16, 18 years because the film, this is another thing about Creed three that I, I mean, I don't know why they did this, but it's fine. They have timeline. Yeah. There's a timeline here where it's like you see, you know, when the events between Dame and, you know, Adonis's kids happened. You also see Adonis's last fight, which is 2017. Yeah. And then instead of it cutting straight to 2023, it instead just cuts to 2020 as if it's <laughs> the modern time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's about 18 years. So I guess. Because I believe Dame is supposed to be 18 when I think he gets arrested. Yeah. So I guess he's 36 yeah. in three. I guess so. So I guess he's practically on death's door. We should probably <laughs> just make sure his will's in place. He's Yeah, get him he's on life support. Pr- truly. But it um, also makes, like, it also makes, <laughs> it makes Adonis, I believe, 34. Yeah. And so it's, like, it's funny to think, too, that, like, when he has his last fight as a professional boxer and, like, makes his stance as a boxer, he's, like, 31. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's like 31 old man Adonis is right. t- putting up his yeah. Put, title. Putting it up. But it I up. mean, yeah, Creed 3 is pretty much again it's a solid sequel. It is it's a bit of a disappointment after 2, but at the same time this is the ninth film in this collective universe. Yeah. And there's yeah, only they're... one truly there's only one bad film. <laughs> so like honestly this is still a win overall Uh, yeah well and there's lots of precedent for rocky universe sequels that just kind of feel like they exist because they have to or because there's another one that needs to be made and that's kind of what this feels like there there's there's a little bit not a little bit considerably less thought put into like the hows of the plot and the the Mm -hmm. whys of certain emotional beats um characters arcs are kind of slapped together um i i would say adonis's adonis's arc in this is interesting because it's you know he's a father now and he's got other things to be concerned about but it's mm-hmm. it's i think a creed four could really maximize that that adonis and his daughter dynamic yeah, this movie doesn't so. really um well, it's also, and, like, a, a lot of the characters have this feeling of, like, a fork in the road. There are two yeah. options they could take, and it doesn't know the film doesn't necessarily know which option to take until, like, very odd intervals in the film. Yeah. Because, like, a, speaking of Creed's daughter, Amara, there is a big thing in the film where Amara gets in trouble mm-hmm. at her school because she decks a girl. <laughs> and then it leads to a conversation between Bianca and Adonis about... You know, conveying emotion without using violence. Yeah. So what is what is what effect is uh, Adonis's kind of career and personality having on his daughter? And, yeah, and the fact that Adonis is not very open emotionally, just yeah. as a person. So it's like, is that the route they're going to go with Amara? And reality is no. In reality, they take a different option, which is basically Adonis and Amara bond over the fact that Amara is a big fan of her father as well as boxing in general. Yeah. So they go in a route where it's like they take out her pent up anger and kind of like her rage and use that as a way to go into teaching her how to use that to box, mm-hmm. which is not as strong as an arc as it could have been if you do <laughs> like, you know, she's 
you know, having difficulties at school or something. But then again, it well, still works. And I think, you know, another way, I think a kind of a missed opportunity in that arc or to, to kind of bolster the, the idea there of like, you can be a fighter and you mm-hmm. can, you know, use aggression and physicality in a productive way um, would have been to kind of lean more into uh, Dame's character being this really kind of uh, dark, hyper-violent dude. Yeah. I was really, I was going into this movie really expecting the kind of plot or the main conflict to be Damien's on a war path and just starts, like, destroying dudes left and right. Yeah, like, there's, he, there's... Kind, he kind of mm-hmm. tears through all these fighters, and Apollo, or <laughs> Apollo, Adonis kind of has to put a stop to it before things get too bad. And that's yeah. not really what happens. No, I, I, I thought <laughs> they as kind well. Of, they kind of shortcut their way to it yeah. um, by yeah. having uh, Damien basically put a hit out on, on Drago, or is it... Is it Drago? Yeah. 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 He has somebody break his hand, so then he gets to take in the, the sub spot. There's, um, yeah, there's a fight between Felix. Who Felix, is, who's the current heavyweight champion. Yeah, who is a part of Adonis's gym versus Victor. And Dame just wants to get in there in any easy way possible, so he basically... <laughs> he he ha- hires one of his old jail buddies... To break Victor's hand. At a party. Yeah, and to... then basically kind of weasels his way in, kind of like how like Buddy Marcel style, in, yeah. into convincing um, Adonis and um, Felix to yeah. fighting him, and then that goes but, south. But that brings up a scene later on in the film, but I think ultimately shows just how the biggest issue with three is that it's a bit confused on what it wants to be tonally. Yeah. Because this is a film that deals with personal trauma. It deals with, you know, conveying your emotions in a proper way, dealing with, you know, the past and just reconciling with yourself. Very serious emotional beats that you can handle in any film while also being a film that introduces the fact that Dame used one of his old buddies to break Victor's hand by Adonis's mom accidentally pushing a picture towards him of Dame and his boys in prison posing. And it just so happens that one of the guys in that picture yeah. is the fucking guy. That yeah, and it's, him. it's, yeah, there's a lot <laughs> it's of, so kind silly. of contrivances, especially in relation to his mom's role in the film. Yeah, basically, Dame has, oh my been, God. Dame has been sending Adonis letters from prison the entire time he's been in prison. And, and Adonis's, uh, Adonis's mom. mom has held on to them because she didn't want Adonis like distracted by it or, or yeah. kind of led astray by it or felt like he was beholden to that part of his life because Adonis was trying to move on from that part of his life when he was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads... and yeah, and then it comes to this kind of ridiculous amount of like withheld information and also like conveniently, yeah, convenient photographs. Dame, Dame literally took a picture of the boys in prison and thought, <laughs> I want my old friend from high school yeah. basically to see this. Here's a pic of me and the boys. I'm so proud. Bars, yeah. And it's like, yeah, and that that also brings up I think my least favorite part about this film, and that is Adonis's mom. Yeah, Adonis's mom in the first two films, the actress kills it. I think she's great. I still remember her talking about like 
picking Apollo off the ground when he couldn't wipe his own ass in the first film about how hard he hit people. Like, just really giving a lot of weight to the fact that, like, while those boxing fights are fun, in reality, those would just break a person (laughs) after so many times. And then in this film, not only are we doing a time jump, we're also deciding that in that time jump, due to, I believe, alcohol consumption... Adonis' mom has a seizure that is pretty severe, and now Adonis and Bianca are worried yeah. about her dying due to a due to a seizure or a, a stroke, stroke, a stroke. stroke, yeah. But at the same time, but it's kind of this new development that's just sort yeah. of thrust upon us because it doesn't happen in the movie; no. it happens between God. movies. <laughs> God, the way they introduce the stroke situation in the film is so. For a film that I think does the does a lot of things right, is done extremely poorly. Yeah, it's a weird conversation between Adonis and Bianca that is not by whisper. It is them just speaking normal tone in front of Adonis's mom, saying, "Do you really want to give her that?" While she's right between them, <laughs> and I'm like, really "What the fuck are you talking about? And why are you talking to her like she's a child? Yeah, why are you talking to her like she's deaf?" Mm-hmm. weirdly like why are you talking to her like she can't hear you like what the fuck yeah and it ultimately leads to like it's clear that like you know not only could alcohol like alcohol could maybe trigger another stroke it also could be just a lot of emotional stress so of course <laughs> his mom has 20 years nearly worth of letters he's been keeping she's been keeping from adonis and you know what adonis does not handle <laughs> that well and basically has a fight with her and while it's not Adonis' fault that she has a stroke, it didn't necessarily help. Yeah. And leads to her dying in a scene where it shows ugh, her death scene is not good. No. Michael B. Jordan is yeah, doing his doing, yeah. absolute best. I mean, so is so is she, Felicia Rashad. She's doing great too. But yeah. it's <sighs> like it's it's trying really hard for some yeah. really kind of it's prob- stereotypical death scene notes. Yes, yeah, the, that's the, the of a series that has done a really good job of staying fresh enough to not be cliche. This scene is so fucking cliche <laughs> when she's like, "Is that you, Apollo?" Yeah, it's like, "Are you? We're doing this? What? Yeah, what? Yeah." It's like, "What the fuck is this?" I mean, it's yeah. it's wild to think too that I think like. Uh, Ryan Coogler actually helped with the story for this film. Mm-hmm. I think his brother co-wrote the film. Yeah. Was it with Michael? Was Michael B. I Jordan? Think, was uh, let me double check, but I think so. I think, I um, mean, it's, it's... No, he was not involved. Okay, okay. It was just uh, Ryan and Keenan Coogler and Zach Balin. Zach Balin, okay. But, I mean, again, this is a film where, like, in terms of the good aspects of it, you have Michael B. Jordan as a director showing a lot of promise in this film. Yeah. Like an arguably yeah, like visual presentation yeah. and the creativity and the fights. This is the most creative any of the films in this universe have gotten with the fights. Yeah, and certainly and, the most surreal yes. or abstract. Yeah. Um like a big Jordan talked a lot. I mean, it's been all over the press around this movie about how he wanted to kind of include anime influences in the film. And you and can he was not kidding. Tell. Yeah. yeah. Um there's there's full on like kind of silent philosophical debates happening in these fight scenes. Yeah, you have a whole you have the final boxing match cuz again every Rocky film 
I mean, doesn't do the entire 12 rounds. There's always a montage. So yeah, like they after do the, a couple rounds and then yeah. the montage to like the last two rounds. And in this film, the montage is entirely cerebral, where basically the whole ring turns into a cage at one like point. It turns into a makeshift uh, boxing dummy that they made when they were in a foster home. Yeah. And it, it just like the ring constantly is shifting and evolving in like a dreamlike space until it snaps him back into the 12th round. Yeah. Which is, again, it's not unlike Rocky to do that in terms of cutting to the last round, but it's fascinating to be like, holy shit, this is how they're going to do the montage. Uh-huh. Is like, bring up... It, it is very creative in a way that, like, if they do a four, which, after seeing how the weekend was for the film, it actually made more f- money in the three days it was over the weekend than Creed Two made Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. There's a good chance we might be doing a frequel on a Creed Four sometime <laughs> in the future, but you know, if there's anything that would get me excited for a Creed Four, it would be just seeing this kind of concept yeah, of the surreal expanding on that. Yeah, and actually, yeah, really just honing it in on that. Yeah, this this movie does feel a little like the fight scenes feel a little bit, particularly this last one, like kind of like a proof of concept for Jordan's kind of new approach to to how the fights are going to be rather than like a fully developed idea on its own. And I do -hmm. do really like that kind of prison cell sequence dreamlike moment in the final fight, but it does feel very sudden and kind of out of nowhere. It is, it Um, is. The first fight in the film does have like some... uh, kind of anime elements where it's like it zooms in on his eyes and he like pinpoints a weak spot on his mm-hmm. opponent and nails them, you know. Yeah. And those are really cool moments. But they're not like dreamlike. They're not no, surrealistic. No, no. Yes. And then this fight yeah. goes kind of full into that. Um well, Jordan actually said he thought about in the final fight he wanted to have um like uh them talking to each other in their heads like voiceover narration during that sequence in the final fight he was like i probably can't get away with this i will (laughs) say i wouldn't be surprised if he does it in four i will say though if they give him a chance to do a director's cut where that could be put in there i'd fucking watch it yeah i'd love to see that implemented in a way that is like holy shit yeah even something like fucking speed racer the actual live action anime film yeah didn't even really do that (laughs) yeah it'd be fun to see or yeah i mean or you even could have done like yeah you have the in that kind of dream realm they're like you know they kind of put their hands down and they're yelling at each other talking to each other or whatever and then we're like periodically getting little snip cuts of them in real time hitting each other or whatever Mm, that would have been like a really cool way to do that so it's and again like he's opening up a really interesting sandbox mm -hmm. to play in and so especially if and when we get a four by all mm -hmm. means keep expanding on that yeah and i and again too if there's anything i could also give three credit for is if there's one thing that's been fascinating to see is seen in terms of the cinematography of the fights, the bigger fights. Because if there's anything I can knock Creed to, it is in terms of in that final fight with Victor, the green screen in that scene is very fucking flat. A lot of the green screen in, in the two? Creed, in the final fight with Victor compared to I would to, say it's worse in three. And three, I feel like there's a little bit more of a dynamic nature into their how oh, they're moving man. the camera. I felt like that final it's, fight in three was so you know it well, was clearly also, meant to be a huge fight, and it, it felt like they were alone in the it's room. It's also in like the Dodger Stadium. Yeah, and it's clearly like there's no way they actually shot 
in the Dodger stadium. But like, yeah, for me, I don't know. Like I just, I was kind of caught off guard, but like, because they're just fully embracing the fact that like, this is just, they're just in a green screen room. They can just do any wild shit that they want to. That's when they got more creative. And uh-huh. I mean, again, I think all three films, you know, you can definitely tell it's green screen <laughs> in uh-huh. all the final fights, especially, especially with Creed one, where it's like, as much as I love that final fight with Conlon, the fact that the first fight is a oneer in an actual space yeah. leads to when that finale happens where it's like, yeah, that's green screen. Doesn't mean I hate the film. Absolutely not. And not, and I, I personally wouldn't even dig two and three, but it is the fact that it's like, okay, yeah, like it makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know for three, like I was just like, in, if they do a four, th- I mean, it'd be cool to see how much, yeah, like you said, to play with it. And yeah. I personally, the CG again, well, I obviously recognized it. I feel like considering how more creative and kind of silly they were playing the fights in terms of like the, the sweat getting pushed off of the body with each punch, it felt like it almost fit a little bit more just because of that attempt. But I understand too, that it's like it, it is very wild in that last fight in terms of like the green screen and, the fact that it's like, look at all these people sitting on, sitting at the edge. is like, there's not a lot of people yeah. sitting out there. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, let's, what else? I mean, a big thing, too, is like, you know, Bianca. It's great to see Tessa Thompson back in. But again, it's the closest, I think, of all three films where she almost has like an Adrian sequel role. Where she mm-hmm. has a part to play. And she does have an arc in terms of just like, She's still fighting for a dream, even though now she is more of a producer because she doesn't want to do another live event that ultimately could ruin her hearing. That's kind of about it, besides her being a mom and being. Yeah, she's kind of there to just remind Adonis that. Get up deep. (laughs) And that everything he does, you know, impresses upon his child, so be careful. Yeah, and also the Um, fact that, like, you know, hey, talk about your fucking feelings, grown man. Yeah. And it's I mean that's at least too even though the 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 death scene of the mother is not good. The scene afterwards where they sit on her bed and they basically after her funeral talk about all of Adonis's trauma yeah. and why he doesn't want to talk about it leads to a phenomenal moment between the two of them. And I think shows that while 3 is definitely the weakest of these three films, there is still promise here that I think could lead to the next film whether it is creed 4 whether it is a michael b possibly a michael b jordan directed drago spinoff <laughs> which would be fucking rad yeah you know i would i would still be down i'd be very interested to see where they go from here because again like i said prior this is the ninth film mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the fact that we are at this point and we both like kind of left the theater being like yeah neither one of us loved it but like there's a lot of fun moments there. I feel like that is already just above and beyond compared to other franchises. But at this point, it's like, ah, just fucking end it. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that like, you know, five years between two and three and it comes out and it's still a really good time. Hell yeah. Good, good, good on Jordan and good on the crew. And I'm excited to see that if, you know, honestly, if there isn't, if this is the last Creed film. This is not a bad way to end it. You no. know, I, I feel like it, it does. It ends on a note that feels very Rocky-esque, but still, you get unlike Rocky, you get like an ending with with Dame that feels very unique in terms of like you actually you actually get to talk to the opponent that lost yeah. and actually get to like settle some things. It ultimately just like 
admit that they're people and mm-hmm. they made mistakes and it's okay. And, you know, it'll, I mean, that feels like that's, if they do make a sequel, that feels like that was a good indication because, like, they, you got to bring majors back. Yeah. God, I mean, we talked about it when we walked out the theater, but I mean, if you want to sell me, Andy and I both have two different ideas of like in a trailer how you sell us on the next on the next film in this universe. For me, it's having Victor, Dame, and Adonis all in the same shot. Yeah. I think for you, it was if they ever did like another Rocky film, it'd be like old man Drago versus <laughs> old man Balboa. Like not even like an official fight, just watching them both yeah. fight. Like yeah. just stand head like toe to toe. And there was a I think it was a deleted sequence of Creed two, um, where Rocky and Ivan run into each other and like get into a fist oh, fight. Like I in a hospital lobby or something. That's awesome. It was cut from the movie and I don't think you can even find like the actual scene. You can just find behind the scenes footage. But Because that wasn't Drago, that was actually Irwin Winkler. <laughs> That was that probably um, shouldn't show that. And I mean, you know, Stallone has said if he he loves Michael B. Jordan, and if Jordan wants to do a Creed Four without Erwin Winkler involved, he would do it in a heartbeat. But he just mm-hmm. hates Erwin Winkler, so yeah. as long as he's attached, that's not going to happen. And to be honest, if they do a Creed Four again, you don't have to do it with Balboa. But yeah. if the next film is a Drago spinoff with Victor, it would probably be nice not to do it with Erwin because it would be kind of cool yeah. to have. Rocky come back Bobo to an extent. Involved. Yeah. Could you imagine Rocky trying to coach Victor? Oh man. Just in any way, just like trying to see like Rocky, who is not a sh- it's not a small guy, but when you compare him to like Victor uh, and Ivan, yeah, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's again like just hearing us talk about it again, despite the fact that we were disappointed in three in in a, a couple of places, we're still down. <laughs> we're like mm-hmm. we're after all these films. I think with. Creed three, it shows that like if they still have that energy and that heart, you know, they can end it on this trilogy and we would be satisfied enough. But if they keep going, yeah. fuck it, just keep going. Like, I mean, what else? I mean, apparently this, I mean, does did well enough over the weekend. Did a Jonathan Majors film pushed off another Jonathan Majors film off of the <laughs> box office for number one? Yeah, and where they go from here is entirely up to them. I still think if we're gonna go full silly. I still like the idea of Winston Duke as little Clubber Lang. <laughs> Winston Duke mini mini, mini Clubber, Clubber Lang just Clubber Junior. Because we're not gonna do we're not gonna do Tommy Gunn Junior. Tommy Gunn. So we're gonna we have to take the one guy that yeah that Rocky fought that you know well, Dallas hasn't yeah. fought the kid of, and this is like the worst sequel idea too. I'm not right, saying this right. is good. Another yeah, I mean another path forward is doing something with amara in terms of you know maybe adonis is coaching her that's or absolutely a possibility i think just being honest and maybe a little bit cynical here i think you'd lose a lot of audience attention if it became a, a about his daughter young mm-hmm. young person boxing um you know i think people still want to see michael b jordan and other big sweaty men fighting at the centerpiece yeah. of I mean, these. again, Rocky, how many times did he say he was going to retire or yeah. kind of retire and then came yeah. back? Like, it's... You can... I mean, if, if there's a good enough reason, I think Adonis um, will come back again. But mm-hmm. uh, the Amara thing is a good option, too, but I do think it's also the fact that, like, 
like at this point in Michael B. Jordan, like age wise, like he's not even at the point where Stallone was in like Rocky Three. Yeah. So it's like or even it, four. Yeah. So it's like there is still a lot of wiggle room that they could yeah. play with, but it also would feel kind of weird to have like Michael B. Jordan have a teenage daughter, even though we technically right. could. It just is it weird, weird how much this movie decided to like lean into you're an old man, Creed. It is it's funny. like you're looking at him, you're like, I'm not that old. <laughs> it is funny too that after the, the Felix Dame fight, which is fucking great. Again, I think all three of these fights are a lot of fun and really well done. But after that fight, there leads to I think the silliest turn of events in all the film, which is you know, Creed's mom dying, there's everyone blaming Creed for Felix's loss, right. even though Felix was the fighter. Felix just lost. Like, don't blame this on Creed. You have the fight on the beach. You have, no, you have the beach confrontation with Dame. That beach where, confrontation is so where, silly. When a guy comes up to Adonis Creed with a gun in his, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like threatening Adonis Creed. Right. And the fact that like Dame at one point punches Adonis and everyone laughs and it's like, that's Adonis fucking Creed. <laughs> Dame just won a single fight. What the fuck is going yeah. on? But I mean. It all comes to the culmination of like <laughs> this is this the is, ESPN call. Yeah, that is yeah. that is the thing where it's like that is a little too far. Yeah, again, as someone who loves the schlockiness of Rocky Three, I love the schlockiness of Dame Rocky is, Three. Yeah, because of how it accepts it full blown. It yeah. doesn't try to do doesn't have its cake and eat it too. It just full blown is just schlock. Mm-hmm. And this tries to be an emotional character-driven film yeah. that also has a scene where Jonathan Majors calls Creed and says, you're a bitch, Dame can't is, fight Dame me. Dame is sitting there watching him on Stephen A. Smith's show. Yeah, at like 3 a.m. Yeah, he's just sitting there watching him eating a cookie or something, and he just pulls out his phone and starts calling him, and you're watching the conversation you on the TV. It's also, like, what is happening? He also has a he's nice like, apartment. Come fight me, bitch. He has like a nice apartment in L.A., even though he's been a fucking champ for like two days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have a training montage that's a lot of fun, but also it's funny to see like Duke look <laughs> Michael B. Jordan in the face, who looks as disheveled as he has looked to the entire film, but still does not look as ragged and old as everyone calls yeah. him. And he all, it ends with him pulling a plane by himself. Right, yeah. a, a, a small plane, yes, but still a fucking plane. With his pecs. Yeah, and it's it's just like you again, if you like the schlockiness of the latter Rocky films, you really will appreciate when it goes silly, but then it'll catch you off guard when it tries to be like, No, this is serious. Yeah. Creed's mom is dying. And it's like, Yeah, but you yeah. just threw that at me. How am I supposed to feel anything about this? Right. Well and it I just think happens off screen. Yeah. I think instead of like, you know, toiling away with the the Creed's mom stuff or whatever. The second act really should have just been Dame just obliterating people. And we didn't need full fights. You could have montaged yeah. it where it's Dame just knocking out one dude after another, chip on his shoulder, out for blood, like not being cool mm-hmm. or professional about it. And like that's kind of a, you know, a comic-y, silly, over-the-top arc. But it also perfectly sets up Dame to be the foil to Adonis as a role model for his yeah. daughter where yeah. it's like, see, this is an example of a guy who just lets his violence mm-hmm. and his anger guide his way. You know, it's kind of wild to think too, that like, I think the reason why they don't do that is because they want Dame's talent to be a surprise. Yeah. Even though the fact that Adonis is constantly saying, yeah, he might be old. He's not, but in the yeah. film, they consider him old. 
he still has some fight and is good. And ultimately, when they get into the fight, it's like they're all shocked when they find out that Adonis was right and Dame's pretty goddamn good at fighting. Yeah. And it's like, this is not Adonis's fault. You just underestimated yeah. this man that apparently is on death's door from the way it, you talk about him. It would be him. amazing if, yeah, we get that fight where he beats the crap out of Felix, and then it's like everybody thinks it's a fluke. So then everybody is stepping up to challenge oh, him. He's like, you don't oh. deserve the title. I'm going to take it from you. And he's like, nope, sit down. Sit down. It's mine. I, it would have been awesome, and too. the only if, person left to challenge him is Creed. It would have been fun, too, to see like a possibility that if you do have a montage, you could have a montage lead up to Felix. And then Adonis, basically, like at this point, you've had multiple fights, even more than most Rocky standards. In Creed 3, you have three total fights. But let's say you have six in this proposed idea, and like three of them are just, you know, Dame knocking the shit out of random guys. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been fucking awesome and also hilarious and in line with Rocky three is that they, they amp up Felix, you know, Adonis, this is the last time Adonis has any chance of anyone else taking him out, but him, they get in the ring. He fights Felix one hit done (laughs) and then it's over when it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Cause that would also kind of come back to like in Creed one where like the first fight you see Adonis have is in Mexico Uh and he just knocks the shit out of this guy and just leaves immediately yeah. after. And it's like, it would be kind of a nice kind of parallel to see Dame, like, getting, you know, all the rust off. Just, mm-hmm. like, he's just, he's almost as good as what Creed was in the beginning. Yeah. But, again, it's still a fun time. I, if there was an, a director's cut, if there's more, if there's more Jonathan Majors out there in Creed Three <laughs> that just wasn't there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's in the trailers I don't remember seeing in the final cut. So it would be interesting to see if they do. Yeah. Do kind of an extended edition in the future, but as it stands, Creed Three is a lot of fun, especially in theaters. I initially thought it was like, God, I want to see this in IMAX. And all honesty, just see it in theaters if you like the Rocky films. Like yeah. it's just a lot of fun. And that is the Creed trilogy. Yeah. We have now watched all nine films. We've only talked about six of them because again, the classic Rocky films are classic for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, we both, I think we both stand by the first two Creed films being pretty high on the list for the RCU. Yeah. I mean, it, I think personally, you, you were talking Creed number two. I, I would probably put Creed as my number one and Rocky as my number two. Understandable. Um, I do not and, disagree and with that. Probably Creed two is my number three. <laughs> I think, yeah, for me, it's Rocky, Creed, Creed two. But again, I get yeah. it because, like, because I think, yeah, because it's just like Creed 1 and 2 just really are so good of films that like when we came out of 3, there is a part of me that was like, I mean, this is bound to happen. You really, when you have when you have a Creed, when you have the sequel be that good, yeah, like there's going to be some missteps that happen. But if there was promise, which there was, that means that if they do another one and they hone that promise, it could be just as good mm-hmm. as the second one or even the first one. But only time will tell. But until then, you know. We are now done with our pseudo-Rocky retrospective, also yeah. Creed trilogy, and we're going to go back into our usual odd fare, but we're not going to say what it is. Yeah. You know, we're not going to give a date for it either. We're going to take a little bit of time to kind of, you know, stew on what our possibilities are right. and figure it out. So I'd say, you know, check our socials. You'll see, you know, in the next few in the next few days, maybe a week or so. We've been we've been toiling for a month, so we're we're gonna oh, yeah. take our time with the next oh, one. Oh yeah, because we figure were, out a good idea. We were really excited about Magic Mike, End of Rocky, and Creed. We basically came up with all three of those 
back Real to back quick, to back yeah. and just spent a lot of time in February prepping for the Rocky and Creed trilogies. Yeah. So now we're going to take a little bit more time just to think if we're going to do one more in March, what would we like that to be? So yeah. tune in, you know, in the coming future what our next trilogy will be. But until then, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.